Hey there, what's up? It's Chase. Uh, I'm in the process of writing another book. Uh, I'm very deep in this process right now. I love this process. And as a part of my exploration of all of this material, I'm sharing a lot of thoughts in my newsletter. So if you are not subscribed, now is a good time to subscribe because you get to be a part of the process. I'm asking questions and I'm receiving thousands of responses and all those responses will be a part of what I'm creating. So I would start off today's show by inviting you to be a part of it. Uh, and the way you do that is go to chasejarvis.com slash email prompt to sign up. It's me. I put a lot of time and effort into crafting these emails. They're very personal, heartfelt, earnest, also not too heavy, not too, um, not going to take a lot of time. But as part of today's show, I want to share a response that I got from one of my recent emails from a reader. This topic that I've been exploring is the relationship between success and fulfillment. Uh, I've spoken in previous shows that success is a low bar, um, and that what we're really chasing is fulfillment to uh, create a rich, fulfilling life, right? Uh, and in this process of the exploration of these ideas and sharing on my newsletter, I, I do get a bunch of responses. I read them. I can't respond to all of them, but I read them. It's amazing, very valuable research. And so I wanted to share a response that I got from a reader. Hey, Chase, over the past three years, I've been thinking a lot about what meaningful work means for me. And I eventually got into the habit of thinking more than doing to the extent that I now have dozens of ideas about all sorts of projects. But as time goes on, I'm unsure how to choose or how to get started. While most of these project ideas interest me in one or many ways, I was hoping that in time an idea would come to me that would fit me like a glove. I'd wear it proudly, I'd take care of it, hug it to sleep and become fascinated with it like a little girl having her first crush. But that hasn't happened, and chances are it won't happen. So I suppose I have a problem with expectations versus reality? Question mark. To this person, I would like to say you are not alone. And chances are in the particular lies the universal. So you, dear listener, may have an experience that's similar to this, right? You're like, oh, I, I, I'm sitting around thinking about the best ideas and which one to start. And boy, this one has all these advantages and... And you're not alone. I want to tell you that you're not alone. This is a very popular idea. It's also a crippling one. And while it may be common, this is a bit of a problem. And I want to give you a recipe to remedy it. Too many ideas or too many simultaneous projects, yet never finishing anything is a, I think it's the beginning of a spiral to frustration. And the reality is, you've heard me say it a lot, you cannot do this stuff from the couch. Thinking is not our highest value here. Action, again, action over intellect is where we want to land. So to this end, I have a handful of bullet points here in front of me that I thought I would share with you as ways to help manage your thinking, manage you through this process. And the first one, it sounds a bit, maybe a bit direct, but this is this process of having a lot of ideas and saying to yourself, I don't know which one to start. This one has all these virtues. And this is point blank, a form of procrastination. It's like buying all of the filmmaking gear. You stack up your script, you write a perfect script, and then you buy the camera and then, oh, I need some lights. And now I need to experiment with those lights. And now um, I need to hire a DP and now, like all of these things are lightweight ways of procrastinating. 
product, right? Whether you're buying the gear, making all the plans, doing everything except the thing that you need to be doing, which is working on the thing that you want to make or be or become or put out in the world. My friend Scott Belsky in his book, The Messy Middle, he calls this insecurity work. It's doing all of the things that are around the thing instead of just the thing. In, in, in the case of, say, building a website, you're looking at your web traffic and you're checking this little detail and I want to make sure that this header is perfect and versus just making the thing, taking the design, coding it, getting it into the world. Now, I don't take this label lightly and I understand that the word procrastination can sound like a dirty, mean word, like I mean mean to this person in response. And I want you to, I want to clarify that's not what I'm doing. We all do this. This is procrastination. And the way that we nip procrastination in the bud is by taking action. There are all kinds of techniques to help you do this if you're subject to it. Um, the Pomodoro technique is a good solve where you actually set a timer. You can look this up or my name. I wrote about it in Creative Calling. Um, essentially, you just commit to working on only the thing you're working on for a certain small amount of time, say 20 minutes. And you set a timer, you grind on the thing for 20 minutes. And after 20 minutes, you can like, you know, take a break, take a pee break, get some coffee, whatever. Essentially, it just holds you accountable to doing actual work. So one point. The takeaway, again, is this is a form of procrastination. Stop buying all the gear. Stop organizing the papers. Start doing the work. Hold yourself accountable. Do the work in small doses until you can bite off more. And th this is a form of creating momentum. Inertia is your friend. Again, just start. More on just starting in just a minute here. Uh, another bullet point, simplify. If you've got a myriad of ideas, simplify, stop overthinking it. Pick one of these ideas, go into it, and you will quickly find out how much it resonates with you. Try and finish an idea. And if you are passionate about it, finishing it sounds scary or uh, like you might be putting an end to something. And that's actually sort of a good thing. And then you can keep pouring stuff out onto the page and if finishing it sounds good, like, oh, I just want to like close this chapter, that's also good because then you've actually finished something. Maybe you can make this project last an hour, maybe a day, maybe a week. Envision something, start it, you know, get through the middle, finish it as fast as possible. That will do a couple things. One, you will have finished something, which is a huge win. And two, you will have some perspective on whether or not you would like to reopen this project and do more to it. That is actually editing the thing that you've already finished, which is a form of building momentum. And the way you do this, again, the top of this bullet point is simplify it. Do not overthink it. Choose something and get going. All right, bullet point three. At some point, likely if it's something new, it's going to suck, right? That is the reality of creative work especially if it's early on in your process, your development in this new media as an artist, or it's just going to suck, right? And so understanding the difference between some aspect of the thing sucking and a value judgment over all of the project, is it the right thing? I, I want to be clear that, that, that there is a little bit of a, a head scratch in there. But when push comes to shove, 
the honeymoon period with this project will end and real work will begin at some point. This is the creative process. Also go back to my references in numerous references in creative calling. The, the creative process, right, is it's a wave that you ride. You have this great idea. You want to get started. And you realize it's difficult. Oh, my God, this is going to be so awesome, but it's difficult. And then, oh, my God, this is hard. Oh, my God, this is really hard. Oh, my God, I'm not going to finish. Oh, my God, this sucks. Oh, my God, I suck. And then if you continue to push through, you will actually, which is what I recommend, you will get back to the point. I'm like, I'm so glad I did that. I do not have the experience, nor do people that I know have the experience of doing this work often and on the backside of it saying that was not worth it. You've heard me say this on the show. You see me write it in words and newsletters and say it on stages all over the world. No effort is ever wasted. Whatever work you put in was the right amount of work to get you to where you are now, where you have a new set of decisions, a new set of choices to continue to go forward, to shelve this project, to finish this project, call it good, put it behind you. These are all things that we can do after we do the work. This is the creative process. This is where volume and repetition come into play. You do not get to develop a personal style overnight. No one has a personal style and then finds it. You develop that personal style, which is what you're hired for as a creator, which is what you want to put out in the world. You don't have that without any effort. It is not without effort that you can uncover this. In fact, it's just the opposite. Repetition, uh, volume. There's a chapter in Creative Calling called Pump Up the Volume, where I give this apocryphal story of the ceramic teacher who grades you know, the left half of the class on one way and the right half of the class on the other. One is graded on you know, one project, you know, in this ceramics uh, class, and the other is on the volume of projects, the number of projects that they complete. Turns out, no surprise, that not only was there a lot more work, but the work was a lot better for the group that made a ton of stuff. Because inherent in this is process, is product, is repetition, is starting going through the middle and finishing lots of stuff. And that is where personal style, that is where most of the virtues of the creative process lie. Get used to sucking, get used to starting and finishing. All right, bullet four, creativity begets more creativity. That's right, this is not some sort of whim, this is science, this is fact. The more you create, the better you get at creating. Creativity begets creativity. So very simply, Focusing on the process of creativity as a practice, not a product, as a habit, not a skill, is where the virtues lie. Creating creates more creativity. Just like any muscle, right? You wanna do some bicep curls? The more bicep curls you do, the better you get at bicep curls. No surprise. Creativity is the same way. Yet another bullet. I think this is bullet number five. I've, I'm losing count here. Um, give yourself some structure. If you just wait around for lightning to strike and the muse to visit you, and then you, you expect to pour all of this out on the page or uh, on the canvas or, or in the product that you're designing at any given moment, you will be miserable. John Cleese said it best. Amateurs wait for inspiration. The rest of us get to work. So give yourself a structure, set a schedule, set a space. If inspiration diverts your attention or, or, or flags you away from your work, scribble that thing down, whatever 
distracted you, get it onto a page, get it out of your brain, and then get back to work. This is where that idea, the timer, the Pomodoro technique, or others, there are all kinds of other ways. If you Google my name and you know, creative process, uh, setting up a space for creativity, all these things are things I've written at length about. Give yourself some structure, creative time, creative, like mapping and planning out some creative space. This is not time to do the accounting around your creative business. That's different. That's office work. Setting aside specific time and a place to do this work. And it doesn't have to be a, a beautiful studio overlooking the ocean. That would be really nice. Not required. Setting out time and space and an intention to do the work is a creative plan. And I want you to give yourself the structure of a creative plan. Take my word for it. This is science. Again, this is not just me um, whining here in a podcast studio. All right. That's enough bullets. Uh, I'm going to have, well, I'll finish with one more. And the finishing bullet point, no surprise here, is finish something. Now, if we scatter our energy and we never finish anything, this is not much more than some self-protective way to manage our ego, to avoid failure, to maybe avoid success. doesn't matter what we call it. The reality is it's not good for building up momentum, inertia, volume, uh, the practice, the process that all this stuff is. This is the biggest secret, right? It does not matter what you do. What matters is that you start and that you apply effort over time towards the things in life that you want to be or become. Go back to the writer inner of things. Remember, these project ideas interest me in lots of ways. I'm hoping that something just fits me like a glove. You know, the way that you decide if it fits you like a glove is that you try it on. You do the work. You put your hand in the glove. You stretch it around and you see if it fits. That is not a passive process. That is an active process. So it doesn't matter what you do. What matters is that you start and that you apply effort over time because all you're really deciding what to do is to give this a run, to give it a try. You're deciding to try and then to do the work after you start regardless of how it, quote, feels. The reality is doing work over time and getting results, even a mixed bag of results, it feels good. This is what is a profound secret, right? Taking action toward what you love, it matters. You can start to feel this in your bones. And I'm guessing that the author of the, whoever penned that letter in to me, I will save their name. Uh, but again, it's all of us. You either haven't felt that or we're protecting ourselves. We're protecting our precious egos, right? Because you can, when you're doing work, you can feel it, when you can feel momentum. This is one of the reasons it's so important to be real about what we want to do. If you say, oh, I want to be a filmmaker uh, in LA and, and you know, then you move to LA and you get a cigarette and don't have a and you write the script and you stack them nicely on your desk and you, that's actually not real. Right? The reality is you're in love with the idea of being a filmmaker. And maybe your idea is something weird and freaky. You need to do that thing that is weird and freaky. This is where coming to terms with the things that interest you are. It's incredibly valuable. The most interesting projects that I've ever done, they did not start off as this is going to be a massive commercial success or this is going to be something I'm known for. Stefan Sagmeister became initially more known for being the designer who took a year off every seven years and fired all his clients. Obviously, he's a creative master and became more and more in demand. But ironically, he became known as the guy who 
took time off only to have that be a huge vehicle that helped fuel his, not just his creative passions, but his awareness in the marketplace. Early on in my creativity, early on in my photography career, rather, I became known as the guy who was making behind the scenes videos. The concept didn't exist. The phrase didn't exist. But I was bringing people along on my photo shoots and sharing them on the internet, early vlogs. None of that was a thing either. But that was one of the ways that I stood out. I did not know this at the time, right? But what I was doing is deciding to try, not really thinking about how it felt other than over time, does it feel good to be doing something instead of nothing? I don't know many people that cannot answer that question with the answer, yes. Being real about what you want to do and pursuing that thing, your your soul, deep down your soul knows this, so quit pretending and do that shit. The key again, is to do what you can with what you have right now. Do it now, as in now, as in push pause on this thing or at least listen to the next 60 seconds and then hang up and get to work. Doing the work now is right, is important because it will never feel like the right time. You will never be ready. Avoid preparing too much. In fact, yep, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna say it, this is not hyperbole. I want you to start before you're ready. Just start, start with fear, start with uncertainty, start with all of those awkward, imprecise feelings that you're feeling right now at the beginning of any project, start. This is one of the biggest secrets to the most creative, happy, and successful people that I have ever met on the planet, that I've ever interviewed, researched, that I have ever experienced personally. Just fucking start. Until next time, I bid you adieu. All right. Hey, before you go, thanks so much for listening. And if you got value from this show, chances are your community will too, right? In the particular lies the universal. Please share this link to the show with a friend or mention the show and or Chase Jarvis, Creative Live, any of that stuff on social. That is a huge benefit for us in hopefully in exchange for providing value to you. I want you to know that I really appreciate your time, the attention, anything that you give to the show and the questions that you ask our guests either on social media or through my text community. All of that is pure gold. I want to take a second to say thank you. This community, like any community, is a testament to that old phrase, a rising tide floats all boats. And by elevating one another, by sharing and resharing this show, the tidbits that you learn and the experiences you take away all of that has a collective, massive, positive impact on the world. So just a quick thank you. I appreciate all the effort you put into sharing for the show. All right, that's a wrap. Let's put today's episode into practice and get back to growing together.